feedback from Sports Illustrated the past few years. The Jazz have gotten off to slow starts, and we try to come up with theories every single year as to why maybe they start a little slower than we would expect. Do you have any theories as to why that happens to teams? I don't. I mean, look, in any given season, it happens in this league. You guys know that this is generally my philosophy on these things. If you're an established team, I'm not worried about you getting off to a slow start. We know what the Jazz are. We know what they're capable of. They brought back whatever 90-something percent of their core. There's no reason to think this start is indicative of, of some larger problem. You know, as the NBA talks about how to proceed with this season, I don't know how hard this would be to pull off, but how about extend the roster to 20? They're trying to figure out what to do with the G League anyway. Let them be alternates ready to roll. You'd have to set aside some salary cap rules, set other parameters like these aren't vet minimum guys. Figure out what to do. You already bumped the roster to 15. Bump it out to 25. What difference does it make? Just make sure these guys have enough bodies they can pull it off. Is putting on a game with those kinds of players really better than not playing the game at all? I hear what you're getting at. I think the game being played is more important. How often would you get down to player 18, 19, 20? I would guess it wouldn't be all that often. I certainly hope not. From The Athletic, he's our friend, Sam Amick. Our listeners love to hear what you think of the Jazz. Does this team have the potential to do something beyond the expected? Yeah, I think I do. I really like the Donovan, Moody Gobert combo. They have things in their corner. They were not in their corner in the bubble. They have Bogdanovich. They have Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson. So I think the potential is there. Within all that, I think it's Donovan elevating his game again. Say what you will about Brooklyn. They have three future Hall of Famers and two former MVPs and two champions within that three. Teams like the Jazz and most others can't compete with that on a star level. So can Donovan be a top 15 guy? Can he be a top 10 guy? And that's what he's got to be pushing for. When I was a teenager, I used to fumigate farm fields. You didn't do that. <laughs> I did. I swear. You I did this. Yeah. No, I had this apparatus that you put on your back and it sprayed the germicide or whatever it was to protect the crops. I used to have a bandana hanging out the back of my jean pocket. The whole deal. That doesn't make it more believable. Our boy Sven tweets into the show. No one sprays a field of crops with a backpack sprayer. They make tractors it, with giant tanks no, to do that. This was like an enlarged garden area. Okay. Well, it was a farm this, 10 oh, minutes was, ago. Now it's it, a large garden area. It was, it was a huge. It's a true story. The radio voice of the Utah Jazz and our good friend David Locke. What do you make of what's going on with the Jazz right now? I think they're getting better. Quinn's teams always get better. They were the 15th ranked offensive team in the league with Donovan and Boyan have not been efficient yet. They'll get more efficient as the year goes on. I think it's clear that if 18 lets us move the basketball and get shots, we're going to crush them. We really have shooters. That's going to be our game. We've been terrific in transition so far this year. After being one of the worst transition teams in the league last year. And we've only been okay half court offensively so far. On the defensive end, we've only been okay. We've played some of the best offensive teams and some of the worst offensive teams. Generally, we're holding teams below their average pretty consistently, about seven or eight points. So if we can keep doing that, I think we'll be okay defensively. I need a larger sample size than what we have right now. Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A good job by Austin right there on Sounds of the Week. And it's brought to you this hour by our friends at Jimmy's Flowers Valley. Valentine's Day right around the corner. And uh, flowers, of course, makes a perfect gift. Place your order today 
uh, and have those flowers delivered. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and their newest one in Bountiful. Also, you can check them out online at jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. I say the newest one, uh, Gordon, in Bountiful, but it's it's been there for a couple of years now. Beautiful stores. Yes, they all are. Uh, I've never had anything but uh, praise when I've gone to those stores and seen the way they operate and it's it's really impressive. Yeah, it's it's great. And they're a, a, a family uh, a run company, just like uh, just like the warehouse here. We love um, you know, obviously locals, uh, local companies, and you know we're partial to the good folks at uh, Jimmy's as well as uh, of course here at the warehouse, eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West, or the Orem location, eighty six East University Parkway. Uh, ja- uh, let's get back to the Jazz a little bit, Gordon. I'm uh, I'm excited for this uh, this matchup tonight uh, against the Hawks. The Hawks are, are an exciting team. They're fun to watch. They've got a, a bunch of uh, good young players, um, and uh, and Trey Young is one of the young electric players in the league. In fact, you know where where do you put Trey Young in kind of the if you were to break the young players down? I mean, is he one of the top two or three guys that you would want if you were uh, starting a franchise? He would be in that paragraph. I don't know if he'd be one of the top two or three, but he he is. I've been thinking about this a lot lately uh, in that regard, and I I guess I would have been my top five. This year, Gordon, he is averaging 24.8 points per game, uh, eight and a half assists, which is a great number, obviously, 3.9 rebounds. And uh, let's see how many shots he's taken. 17.3 shots. So it's, you know, it's a, a fairly efficient 24.8. So he's, I mean, he they're definitely building around him. It's interesting they've got John Collins, who's a really nice player too, although they did not come to terms on an extension with him. So I believe he can be a restricted free agent after this year. So they'll have to kind of decide. But, you know, you look at some of the other players that they've added. We're not going to see uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich tonight, but uh, he's an interesting ad for them. They made the Clint Capella trade last year they've got young players like cam reddish who have showed some promise but i i'm excited to uh, to check out this hawks team tonight yeah i agree with you uh primarily for trey young but clint capella has caused rudy gobert a little bit of problem through the years has he not and so that 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 matchup is interesting to take a look at um and, and how will the jazz we we talked about this a little bit earlier how will the jazz slow trey young down or attempt to i think you're right Jake, uh, I, I think uh, Mike Conley will be busy tonight. And unless he gets beat time and time again, and I don't know because they're the, they're a similar size, so he won't be overwhelmed that way, but can he stay with Trey Young? And then if you ask that question, then who can stay with him? Well, nobody is probably the answer, or, or yeah. very few. Um but I, I think you're going to need Royce O'Neal to guard other positions on the floor, uh, or, or he could be more effective in, in a matchup against, say, Collins, I think, than he would be against Trey Young. But this, of course, is is the, you know, weakness always sounds so dramatic, but the, this is where the Jazz are going to struggle. Athletic guards uh, that are, are really good with the ball in their hands, and it's actually been true for a while for this Jazz team, but it's it's not their strength. And so it'll be interesting to see how effective Trey Young is is tonight against whomever the Jazz throw at him. If uh, if I were to put up a number as an over under, let's put it at thirty two for Trey Young. That? Yeah, thirty two points scored. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man, that's high, Gordon. I know. That's, that's I a high did number. that on purpose. I'm going to go under. But I could see it go. I could see it going over. I'm not. I'm not very certain about that. But 32 is kind of a kind of a high a high number. So okay, let's put it at 30. Hmm. Man, because the last time we saw Kyrie Irving play basketball, he was tearing apart the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so Trey I'm going. Kind of I'm up. going over. You're going over at 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's five and a half points above his average. And the Jazz maybe five or so points. Worse in their perimeter defense than than uh, the average team. Oh, that's a lot uh, for it one is. for one player. Um, uh, I'll stick with I'll stick with the under. Why not? All right. Maybe the Jazz play a good game. We'll uh, see. I I I think they're going to have to just overcome the points he's going to score because I think he's going to get a lot. Because it, it, I mean, it, not only can he shoot it, I don't know what his shooting percentage is. Do you have that in front of you? Because I used to Google, but I don't Google anymore. So, so I don't, you know, I'm not sure exactly what that is. But it, he, he not only can shoot it from the perimeter, he is so good at, and crafty at getting to the rim that that's – didn't Locke tell us that he was like third in the league in, in uh, either – at the rim attempts, or I think it was something along those lines, wasn't it? Yeah, he takes uh, he takes eleven point six shots at the rim. He takes five point seven threes. So, or not at the rim, two pointers. Um, I can I can break those percentages down further for you in a minute. But as you requested, uh, he's not shooting very well. Actually, forty one point six percent from the field overall, but twenty nine point eight percent from three. And as I said, he still takes five point seven threes per game. So. Um, that's quite a bit. Here I can tell you, let's see, um, at the rim, he's taking 28.9% of his shots, 3 to 10 feet, 19% of his shots, 10 to 16 feet, 12% of his shots, 16 to 3, uh, 6.9% of his shots, and at 3, 33% of his shots. So, so he's all over the place. No, not really. I mean, if you if you put the percentages together, I mean, Gordon, you do the math for me. What's uh, 67 plus 33? <laughs> or not sixty-seven. I'm sorry. What's uh, what's uh, uh, twenty-nine plus thirty-three? You know, he's taken uh, like sixty-five yeah. percent of his shots either at the rim or from three. I mean, for a, for a point guard, that's pretty 62, good. Sixty-two question mark. Yeah, there you go. It's at around sixty-five. <laughs> well, yeah, but then he takes a lot of uh, tweener shots too. So I mean, I however you describe uh, or define a lot, he's. He's tough to cover. Let's say it that way. So, sounds to me like he needs to work on his three-point shooting a little, though. That's well, not efficient enough. He's still taking a lot of them. Yeah. He still shoots better than uh, better a better percentage than Donovan Mitchell overall, though, right? Uh, what's Donovan shooting now? You? They're both shooting 41, I think, but at a fraction. Uh, yep, they are shooting about the same. Donovan takes a couple more shots per game. And Donovan will, will I think, uh, raise that percentage up as the season moves on. But I would expect if Trey Young takes so many shots at the rim, you would think his shooting percentage would be better than it is. Uh, let's see here. How many shots is Donovan taking at the rim? So jo- Donovan uh, has taken 20% of his shots at the rim. If, if uh, how many did you say Trey Young? Eleven point three or something? Eleven point eight? 
attempts per game at the rim? Uh, no, twenty-eight point nine percent. Oh, I, I know. I, I was talking about number of attempts at the rim. Oh, that's uh, only two point attempts. There wasn't attempts at the rim. Sorry. Oh, okay, I got you. All right. Well, anyway, it, but if you wanted, if you wanted to further the math, no, percentage no, no, of those, yeah, no, let's not. Uh, let's math uh, wasn't exactly a strong suit. It was a great disappointment to my dad because he was a scientist and. He looked at me and thought, why can't you properly do calculus, son? Oh, well. Did we did we bring up a bad memory there? Are you, are you sad about, do uh, you want to talk more about how you've let your parents down? <laughs> well, okay. There's a long line for that, right? Everybody has some little areas of disappointment, I'm sure. <laughs> you, want to, you want to dig into it further? But there were there were also great highlights too. I mean, you, you fired know, a cannon at his bride once. So my wife, oh my dad's wife, yeah. bride. <laughs> that, was, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. What can I tell you? I thought you it would be funny. You chucked a K ball at his daughter's head. My mom, my mom had such a terrific sense of humor. You pinned I mean, him against a tree with a car. What's funnier? No, actually, it was between cars. Oh, oh. man, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Now that's really going to bring. You cheated at the now. Easter egg hunt. Uh, what? <laughs> you loafed around the Duplant estate. <laughs> Dupont. Excuse me. Oh man. Was a- you threw the whole kid, bundle man. of papers in the river. I told you I was out there doing custodial work and, and and gardening and stuff. I was working. I worked as a kid. I was a conscientious, hard-working little one. You sprayed the wrong stuff on the fields. No, no, I didn't. You I got arrested right for stuff. chucking dirt clods. Yeah, I did. I did do that. But, but look, when that canine officer hauled me in, hauled me home, and told uh, my parents that I was, I'd been having a dirt clod fight on the steps of my elementary school, they, my dad was angry and my mom did everything she could to stop from busting up laughing. And I, I turned to her and said, what are you laughing at? She said, all the things I did when I was a kid and you get in trouble for a dirt clod fight. God, now so you're selling a, your mom the, out on the radio? No, I loved my mom. She had, she was, she, she, I still do. Mom, bless your heart, at 94 years old. Um. Yeah, she was she was a terrific mom, and it, it made me laugh every single day of my life. So, my dad, on the other hand, was uh, <laughs> rather strict, but I appreciated his uh, point of view as I matured. And now that I'm very mature, I really appreciate it. Just wish you had something to be proud of about you. That's nothing, all. nothing. Now that I'm very mature. Nothing from you guys? Uh, my dad was very proud of me. Well, I think. He wanted me to be a doctor. What can I tell you? No. Uh, it's the way it goes. Not a chef, huh? <laughs> Never mentioned that. Although my dad was quite good in the kitchen. He, oh, uh, boy, did that skip a generation. Sure did. <laughs> so did the math skills. And, uh, you know, to the 
the willingness to do things like laundry and chores and cleaning and moving. Oh, uh, are you kidding me? Moving I, I was I was re- I was required to do all of that. I I mowed the lawn. I trimmed the bushes. I uh, I cleaned all my past room. tense. By the way, just pointing I, that out. <laughs> I remember one time. I'll tell you this. And nobody cares. Is, but, is this going to be no, an anecdote about cleaning your room? No. <laughs> One, my dad, as I said, was uh, multiple advanced degrees in science and mathematics and physics and chemistry and all this stuff. Uh, when, after Lisa and I met, uh, we went to uh, visit my parents. And uh, there was one of these dumb little video games where you could it had these problematic math uh, well, these math problems that were quite complicated, and it, obviously there was it was a competition because it was a game, it was a video game, and so my wife, who loves math, she uh, she stepped up to the plate to challenge my dad, and they they went down and and uh, the score at the end, my wife beat my dad, and that was quite a moment uh, of uh, well managing. Uh, feelings, I'll say it that way. But I was proud of Lisa that she could do that. And of course, my dad was probably eighty-three years old by then. But you know, I don't want to take any credit away from my wife. But you kind of did, sort of. <laughs> yeah, it's, you, you know, these things do skip a generation, man. My dad, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was brilliant, and uh, I don't know what happened, but. Anyway, it's all turned out for the best. All right. Speaking you? of father-son relationships, we're here at the warehouse. Yeah, wait, wait, 1825 wait, wait, South wait. 300 West. What? You're pinning me against the wall. What about you? How did Dad feel about you? Oh, he's, he couldn't be more disappointed. <laughs> yeah, Jake's word hard for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's fine. I came to grips with that a while ago. 1825 South 300 West. That is where we are. Don't forget about their Orem location as well. 86 East. University Parkway, and Christopher is jumping on with us once again. And uh, Tom, not with us today, Tove, but uh, you've been slinging out the deals left and right. Doing my best, you know. Clayton was alone last week. I'm alone this week. Got to one-up my brother. Dad's still a vacation home, so we're running. It's really a family competition that benefits all of our listeners. You know, we we the, our listeners do love a good competition, and Clayton and I are good at those. You are. Driveway one-on-one basketball match basketball games have uh, gotten more serious over the years. Oh yeah, who wins now? Uh, it goes back and forth, and I'll tell you nine times out of ten, I should beat him, but his shoulders are, yeah, they like to dig. They dig. So like he's, and he's low post. So he's the dirty player. He's of the got family. he's got ten years on me, and he think that that's experience, <laughs> right. as he says. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, man, I want to start moving some sofas and some sectionals and some mattresses. So I'm going to give you guys a deal. Any any listener that comes into the warehouse and mentions the big show, mentions 1280 The Zone. Um, anybody that comes in and mentions The Zone, 20% off our already lowest tagged price. Wow. Automatically. Really, all they have to do, mention the big show, mention the zone, 20% off the boom tickets already. Yep. Wow. And we already give you the the competitor's price. On our ticket, we give you the competitor's price and then our already discounted boom price. Come in, you mention that, you get 20% off that. 
which is amazing because, like we've said before, it's already the best deal you can find, including on the Internet, and you're knocking another uh, another 20% off that. There it is. We were talking about adjustable beds. We're already literally 50% of what our customers sell is at. So come here. We'll get, the, get you the best deals. All right. You heard it. Get by here. 1825 South, 300 West, also 86 East, University Parkway in Orem. Thanks, Christopher. All right, we'll have more big show coming up uh, straight ahead. We're going to talk a little NFL football with our friend Mike Santos. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. It's The Warehouse. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. Uh, We're going to, uh, coming up momentarily, we hope, talk to Mike Sando. He writes for The Athletic, covers the NFL, has covered the NFL for a long, long time. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on on what should be a, a really good weekend. I, I think we've got some some really good matchups. And I, I I thought you know there's some games were better than others last week, Gordon. But I, I thought last week was a, a fun weekend of football, and um, I'm expecting this week to be even better. Well, given the fact that it was an extended uh, you know round that, that could have presented some some terrible games, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to this weekend as well. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, I I just hope that uh, that Tom Brady loses. Do you? <laughs> Here we go again. Come well, on. Uh, you know, and I'll I'll drive up to your house just so I can taste the tears. That's all. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Uh, that's not that big a deal to me. But but he is uh, has had a remarkable career, and it would be nice if you and Austin would come around and acknowledge that. He's been all right. For somebody who likes to cut corners, is that <laughs> is that is that all just kind of all right? Is that what I I say for a guy who likes to cut corners, it's all right. It's all right. What corners did he cut other than just take a little bit of air out of the ball? Uh, cheating and breaking the rules. Uh, you know, he's filming the other teams during. He didn't practices, do that. So you know, he didn't do that. No, oh, can't tell me he didn't benefit from it. Well, maybe he did benefit from it, but he didn't actually do it. May I ask, is it cheating? Excuse me? Do you use the word cheating? Was this cheating? <laughs> we broke the rules, and you can phrase that any way you want. <laughs> and if, it, if somebody else is filming the other team's practices and you benefit from it and you don't say anything about it, you're just in the clear morally, huh? Oh, it's complicated. Is it? We broke the rules, and you can phrase that any way you want. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> so anyway, I'd like to see. Honestly, I'd like to see Drew Brees win that game. I think. Uh, I think Brees is done after this year. He's going to settle into a cushy broadcast booth job, and probably be pretty good at it. And uh, yeah, the Saints' defense is really good. 
I, I wouldn't hate seeing Drew Brees uh, come out victorious in the in the geriatric bowl, uh, but there are some <laughs> other there are some other I think really uh, interesting matchups. I, I think the game I'm most looking forward to that I think is going to be the most competitive is the Ravens and the Bills. Yes, I agree with that, and that's a, the Bills have really impressed me this year. I mean, Josh Allen has been terrific. And uh, but but and the Ravens had a really weird season. They they bounced back in a way that I I'm not sure I was expecting. You? Well, I expected them to be pretty good. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's not perfect, right? You know, there's some throws uh, that that he's not say Josh Allen, where he's not as accurate. Right. But but that guy is is just lightning in a bottle, right? I mean, I I honestly have not seen a player that exciting to watch from a standpoint of you don't know what's going to happen next since Michael Vick, right? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he they always get that comparison, but he has that feel to his game where. You know, at one moment he's running for his life, and the next moment he's in the end zone, and you thought, wow, how did that just happen? Oh, if I'm a defensive lineman, the last guy I want to go up against is him. Yeah. He would drive me crazy. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, uh, senior writer for The Athletic. He's covered the NFL for a long time. He's Mike Sando with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. We were just kind of getting into what uh, matchup this weekend we were most looking forward to. What's your answer? What uh, what matchup are you most looking forward to? You know, probably the Buffalo-Baltimore game. I, I feel like those games involving the number one seeds, you know, are going to be good. I'm interested in them. But those other two are kind of, you know, potential bloodbath type games. So that one really is with Josh Allen, you know, with Lamar Jackson. They're both kind of trying to define themselves pretty early in their careers with a lot on the line. So my my co-host and friend, Jake, just characterized the Buccaneers-Saints game as the geriatric bowl. Uh, will you do me a favor and please explain to these guys, I, I know it's rudimentary, but for whatever reason, Jake and our producer, Austin, have a hard time comprehending the greatness of Tom Brady. Yeah, well, no doubt. That by your question, though, you're you are admitting then that Breeze is in that category. Is that what I'm expecting? I do. In your, I, yeah. I, no, no, no. I, these guys are just always making fun of Tom. Yeah, yeah. Because they're jealous uh, well, of him and all that. Yeah, well, you know, I think people have been waiting for for him and predicting his demise for a long time, and, and his age almost unprecedented to be playing this well, this old. Every time the stats aren't good in a year, you know, people will say, "Well, that's it. He's declining." But I think what happened in New England was too many things fell apart around them that it was hard to function. And we saw that it got even uglier, really, at least in their passing game this year um, without him. And I think we've just seen him get a little bit better as they've gone along. And, you know, you look up at the end of the year, he's got 40 touchdown passes, and they're, they've won a playoff game, albeit against Washington. Um, this is sort of a make-or-breaker. You know, I think if they win this one against New Orleans, then those questions about uh, – you know, like what you were talking about in your question to me, you know, sort of doubting them or, or whatever, um, go away. If they lose and lose 38-3 to like it was in whatever that was, middle of the season when they lost to the Saints big, then I think you can, you know, have some more questions. It seemed to me uh, watching the Chiefs this year that they were just incredible uh, at the beginning. I know they had that loss to the Raiders sneak in there and that aside, but the, that offense was just humming. seemed that the last month wasn't quite the same. I, I don't know if I have the guts to pick the Browns over the Chiefs this week, but what do you think about how they're playing coming into this game? 
I think it's hard to fake hunger after you've won the Super Bowl, you know, and then you come into this year, it's kind of a grind with all the COVID protocols and, and that. I, I don't think this, I don't think the season was as fun for players in general. And here you've got a Super Bowl ring on your finger and everyone's gunning for you. I think they did a remarkable job. Remember, they rested their starters in the last game or else they might have been 15-1, and one, right? I mean, usually when there's a 15-1, that type of a season, you have this amazing landslide type of field. They just kept winning the game. So I give them a ton of credit. I think So you're talking the second half of the year. I mean, the second half of the year, did they just lose the one game, you know? Um, right. They lost one game and they rested their starters in it. So I think we have really high expectations for them and we have memories of, you know, their f- highest moments when they're just everything looks easy. But if you remember, they were down 24 nothing in the playoffs last year. They were losing to the 49ers by double figures in the final 10 minutes of the Super Bowl. The bottom line is they, they win. And they were 7-1, and one, like I said, along with Green Bay and Buffalo. That's the best record in the league over the last eight games of the season. Now, their scoring was only 26 points a game on offense. So that's way below where those other teams are. And I think that lends credence to what you're saying, that it wasn't just smooth sailing, a lot of close games in there. But give them a bye now. Let them go play for a Super Bowl. I mean, I kind of expect them to play well. Maybe it was just uh, coming from a guy who had Tyreek Hill on his fantasy team and was single-handedly <laughs> winning matchups early in the year that didn't, uh, didn't go that way later. Yeah, that could be the case. I, I always wish that, you know, they could find a way to solve for the fact that fantasy championships just don't align with the teams at the end of the year. So it's fun for a while, and then it just becomes frustrating. <laughs> so what's your evaluation of the Browns? And did you expect them to beat the Steelers, especially the way they did? You know, I, I didn't. I, I mean, I wasn't shocked that they did, but I, I sort of thought that, you know, Steelers had gotten a little bit going in the second half of the game against Indy, and that the I thought Roethlisberger struggled a little bit physically this season, and that having a down week might, you know, let him go. But man, they just weren't good, and I guess we should have seen that the last five games of the regular season. And Cleveland's better than you know, better than we think. They, in fact, in this matchup, I was looking at this. They scored forty or more points four times. Kansas City's done it once. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only one team that's done it more than. Cleveland this year, that's Tennessee with five. Isn't that interesting? Those are two, like, heavy run teams that you think are trying to shorten the game and not get into a shootout. They got nine 40-plus games between them, so they must be doing something right. And I like the kind of the mindset, the hunger, getting the coach back. Um, I think they're dangerous, but probably shouldn't win. Mike Sando on with us from The Athletic talking a little NFL football. If you, uh, Mike, if you were the general manager of the Packers, would you consider drafting a quarterback in the first round every year if uh, this is what you're going to get from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, if you think that was a cause and effect <laughs> to get him to play uh, even better. You know, I think what I'm watching to see is, in all seriousness, you know, they've been great when uh, they've been able to sort of play their game, meaning their run game's going a lot of play action. Rodgers has 21 touchdowns, no interceptions on play action this year. That's a, that's incredible. It's way better than last year. But when you get in the playoffs and you play some better teams, don't know if it's going to be this week, but like when you saw when they played Tampa, sometimes they get pressure on you. And who do they have that is, uh, besides Devontae Adams, who's going to win quickly in a one-on-one? If they double Devontae Adams, who can win quickly? And I thought – in the draft, it would have been better off to, you know, get another weapon, receiving weapon. That said, the receivers played good this year, you know, for the most part. 
and now we'll just see if that holds all the way through and if, if they finish. Because if they don't have enough horsepower at wide receiver in when they're off schedule and when they're not able to have their run game, maybe if they're behind, then I think some of those criticisms will come to mind. Jordan Love, who we're very familiar with since he played his college ball here in this state, uh, he's probably looking at himself in the mirror going, what am I doing here? <laughs> this, yeah, yeah. this guy looks like he's great and looks like he could be great forever. If you were, to, I know these things are kind of silly, Mike, but if you were to rank the seasons that the premier quarterbacks this year had, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Allen, what order would you put them in? Um, let's see, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, I would probably go – I would probably go in that order. Now, I think our expectations before the season can sometimes influence how we grade them. You could probably make a case that, you know, Josh Allen, for where he had been, uh, uh, deserves to be higher. But I think in our minds, we know Rodgers and Mahomes are great, so we sort of lean towards them for sure. Because we think, oh, you know, if Allen had a bad year next year, like it wouldn't shock you, right? He sort of needs to prove it. But I think they're all kind of special um in their own way, and I would put Rodgers at the top because I just think he was just so, so efficient, so on it. And I really, frankly, think for these great quarterbacks, not having crowd noise on the road really made them their advantages even bigger, and Rodgers is better than anyone at, at capitalizing on that with drawing people off sides, with just manipulating defenses and being you know, a great player who's been doing it a long time. Uh, Mike, obviously you haven't, uh, you know, started looking at the draft uh, too much yet, or at least I, I would assume as much. But there are a lot of uh, Zach Wilson fans, obviously, around here, and uh, he's uh, looking like he's going to be a first-round quarterback. And Gordon asked me an interesting question early in the show today. But if you were in his position, and you're not going to be the number one pick, but probably a first-round guy of the teams that are going to be drafting quarterbacks, where where would you be rooting to go if you were Zach? Okay, so. Are we assuming that Trevor Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it might be nice to go to Atlanta. Um, I'm just looking at the – I'm on – you ever go to tankathon.com? It's a pretty good <laughs> website. It's got – tankathon's got the draft order, so it's, like, updated even during the season if, if you want to look at it. So that's, like, what I called up, and I'm going, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Jacksonville, let's just say Lawrence goes there. New York, I mean, the pressure of New York, I mean, they just turn on you. They don't have a good team yet. A first-time defensive head coach, I mean, maybe maybe you don't want to be staring into those bright lights before you're ready. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to they're gonna turn on you quick. Um, Houston, let's just assume, with the third pick, is either going to have uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, and with their organization, if they were to make a trade, I don't know that I'd want to go there. But Atlanta, I kind of like because – uh, Matt Ryan's there. You get a ch- maybe you get a chance to to do things the right way, kind of like uh, Mahomes did with Alex Smith, right? And maybe the organization then is invested in you taking you that early, and you get a chance to play. And maybe maybe you sit for a year. You know, maybe if Ryan plays great and pulls a Rogers on you, you know, maybe it's two. But you get a chance to come in and you know sort of do things at your own pace. I think that has appeal for development. So, Mike, speaking of quarterbacks, we, figure something out for me. We uh, Two quarterbacks I want to ask you about. Are they good quarterbacks? Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Well, 
I mean, Wentz is not a good quarterback right now. I don't know exactly what happened to him. I'm not high on him. I thought he was overrated coming into the year. There seems to be maybe something missing. It just seems like even when he was playing decently, you would hear things like, did the locker room like him or, you know, so what's going on on the team? And he just hasn't been able to kind of deal with the pressure of that situation and elevate them. So that's, that's hard to say that he's a good quarterback, even though we know when things are really well around him, he, he has played well. I think Goff is, you know, probably a little underappreciated, but very much reliant on the system and, you know, the run game and those things that take the pressure off. That said, when he does have to really throw the ball, same thing with Wentz, they can really throw the ball well. I just don't see him elevating them, being the reason consistently. And some of that is because, he's not able to create with his legs or threaten with a second play when the first one breaks down. It feels like things have to be going well around him for him to really do well. Mike, thank you very much for dropping by. We greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend. You too. Thanks. That's uh, Mike Sando uh, joining us from The Athletic. Uh, cover, he's covered the NFL for a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, this should be, should be a fun weekend. It's interesting he picked uh, Atlanta as maybe a good spot for a young quarterback. You and I were feeling, uh, feeling similarly. Yeah, I've, I've heard others say that as well because they think it would be a good place uh, with the offensive mind there. So I'm, I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, you know, someone I should have asked him about when I inc- talked about Goff and uh, Wentz, of Darnold. Is Sam Darnold, does he, do you think that the Jets ruined him or do you think he's really not that good? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. And I, I, I thought the very same thing when you asked that question, you know, I wonder uh, you could ask the same thing about Sam Darnold because the Jets have, have really uh, jets his career. Right. And I don't know <laughs> if you can tell whether it's the Jets or it's a Darnold problem. I think, um, He's one of those guys I'd like to see get a fresh start somewhere else, like a like a Ryan Tannehill with his fresh start with the Titans, and that's gone pretty yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know I I think well if you read the latest reports, Gordon, the Jets are now considering keeping Darnold and doing something else with that number two pick. I would guess they would trade it if they decide to keep Darnold, but um, yeah, or would I, they I don't want know. do they want would they want Penny Sewell because they need to they need to protect. Yeah, their young quarterback. He just didn't get off to. I mean, remember the mono his rookie year, and then he he looked okay in his second year, and then just this last year was just dreadful. But that team was basically trying to lose. So I mean, and the, and Adam Gase is is just a dreadful dreadful coach. I mean, I See, know that is... Reese tread coaches are a thing, but he's got to be done done right. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing about when when BYU fans think about Zach Wilson going a certain place, these are kinds of things that must dance around in their minds because, you know, they're fans of their guy and they want to see him look good in the NFL and have a prosperous career there. And if you go to the wrong place, man, it can collapse. These guys that that I just asked about and with Darnold, they were good quarterbacks coming out of college. These guys aren't aren't uh, uh, the dregs of the league. I mean, well, they Goff's come been in to and... a Super Bowl. Let's let's give him a yeah. little bit. I mean, he's accomplished a little bit more than the other two. Yeah. And Wentz, Wentz just I don't I think it's mental with that dude. That guy just forgot how to play football. I mean, how how else do you explain it where you go from, 
you know, even if you didn't want to throw them into the really good category, but you go from serviceable to hot garbage overnight. I mean, <laughs> well, how does yeah. that happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the maybe the truth is somewhere in between. Sometimes it's the team's fault, and sometimes the individual we're talking about was wasn't that good to begin with. But it, it's a, uh, to me, it's a shame when a guy really does have potential, and he goes to a place where he's not utilized correctly, doesn't get the right opportunities, doesn't have the right tools around him, and he's just uh, tutored in the wrong way. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. We've got a quick not sports report right around the corner. Scotty G at 5, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket for over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out at LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going down under. All right. Uh, I've got two items today. The first one is, first of all, do you know what a racing pigeon is? It seems pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Pigeon that <laughs> races. <laughs> well, app- <laughs> apparently a racing Are you familiar pigeon, with the phrase super train, Jake? I don't know. A, a racing pigeon by the name of Joe. He's quite a, a good racer. He, uh, he was involved in, he, he, but let me say it just this way. Somehow he got from Oregon to Melbourne. From Oregon to Melbourne. So he either flew 8,000 miles or he jumped aboard a cargo plane or something and ended up there. What do you think is more likely? The plane. I don't how think does a, they... How does a pigeon get on a plane? I don't know. How do the birds get into the arena? It just... <laughs> Have you been to? Well, you don't go to the grocery. Do you store. know what a mobile phone means, Jake? <laughs> if you uh, if you go to the grocery store, you'll notice that there's always a bunch of birds in there. <laughs> birds just they just get to where they want to go, man. Birds are in the grocery store. Oh yeah. Yeah, you've never seen birds in the grocery. Well, no. you, like I said, you don't go to. the If grocery you were a bird, wouldn't you want to live in the produce section? Oh yeah. I sure uh, would. Might, yeah, might you know it's amazing when when you have those open doors, birds. You know, they'll get to where they want to go. But I, I don't think a bird that size could fly that far. If you we were talking about like an albatross or something, yeah, because they stay at sea for like three years. I just wonder if a pigeon could make it across the Pacific. There's an update to the story, though, right, Gordon? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. Okay. Okay, so anyway, he got there somehow, Joe the Pigeon did. But And you think, okay, that's uh, terrific. You're in Australia now. Enjoy your life down there. But it turns out that authorities there are going to kill him. I oh, mean, yeah, they, they have rules against that, uh, animals from other countries. No, yeah. That's a big thing. They're afraid that he might pass along, uh, infect uh, birds there in Australia with some, I don't know, some bird disease. I don't know. And because uh, they're an island, they're really serious about that. Oh, I'm rooting for Joe. Oh, no, put Joe out of his misery. 
don't know that he's got some. Can't they? Can't they catch him and just test him? But it's also like it's also like breeding and stuff. I mean, it's more complicated than just disease. I think they they made a whole Simpsons about it years ago. They did. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm rooting for Joe, and I tell you, Joe, get the heck out of there, jump ship, and get out. You know, I'm rooting for you. Wait, there's a further update, though, Gorda. What? They decided today that he is, in fact, from Australia. What? And that the tag on his leg was a fake. Oh, yeah. So he's going to live. He'll be fine. So he he might have been killed (laughs) because someone was playing a joke on him. It's a pigeon. (laughs) No, it's a racing pigeon. If you knew what that was, Jake, you'd know how to have respect for him. Yes, you'd appreciate it more. Anyway, Doesn't well, know what okay. a racing so it was is. so it was a fake. All right, uh, and the second part of my story There's is more. this, and, and I'm not really I'm not really up to date on on some of these uh, pop culture things, but I know who Joe Jonas is. But apparently, he's uh, he's isn't he now married to uh, what's her name from uh, Game of Thrones? Yes. What, what's her name? Uh, her the the actress or yeah. the character Sansa is the character. Sansa, yeah, he's married her. They have a child, but anyway, someone compiled a list of his girlfriends as though this is some sort of trophy to, to put up on your mantle or something. But apparently, this he this is his list of uh, of girlfriends that he had. Uh, AJ Mishalka, do you remember her? AJ and uh, Ali no. Mishalka, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were on Disney shows. What was that show they were on? Uh, I'm not Remember? sure. They also had a bubblegum pop duo uh, together. I know more from, okay. the, from that. So then another girl, subsequent girlfriend, was Taylor Swift. And then someone named Camilla Bell. Do you know who she is? She's married to uh, Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> she is a very attractive woman. But uh, Brenda Song, do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, London from uh, Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Then, then next on the list is Demi Lovato. Never heard of her. <laughs> Just kidding. Is she the one that came and visited us that time? Uh, oh, well, never mind. That, that's a story we don't need to tell. Uh, uh, Ashley Green. Do you know who that is? Uh, Supermodel sister. Su- Supermodel Renee Barg. That's how you say her name. Roseanne's like, daughter. Uh, Taylor Swift's best friend, Carly Kloss. Wow. Georgina Rosso, who, no. George Clooney's sister. Nina Agdal, the SI swimsuit model. And uh, someone named Blanda Eggenschwiller. (laughs) I don't know who that is. Uh, But, uh, and then he ended up with... uh, with Sansa. Oh, also, Gigi Hadid, Hadid the, uh, the another swimsuit model, uh, and, and he ended up with Sansa. So, I mean, Joe's been busy, man, through the years. Could I just ask why his his uh, girlfriend roster is relevant at the moment? I don't know. I just saw it on a website, and I saw and, and they compared it to uh, Derek Jeter's. Remember starting nine that they had? For for Jeter, 
and they like Jessica Alba was the center fielder and Jessica Beal was the right fielder and Mariah Carey was the left fielder and Scarlett Johansson was the shortstop. Why do you remember and, all this? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I know why. You don't know why, Austin? It's Chester. <laughs> Adriana Lima, no, not at all, uh, was the second baseman. Hannah Davis, remember her, was the pitcher. And uh, Tyra Banks was the designated hitter. And Minka Kelly was the catcher. Hannah Davis is his wife. Well, I know. Well, this is the dating diamond that uh, people configured. Uh, Scotty's going to join us coming up next. Unless Stay he heard tuned. this. We are live at the warehouse, 1825 <laughs> South, 300 West. Christopher think, is jumping on with us once again. Think, What's going hey, on, Christopher? Hey, hey, Jake, Jake, Jake. Yes. <laughs> I'm just laughing that, my uh, head off. Do you think I'm Derek laughing. Jeter made it past first base? Oh, jeez. I'm laughing my head off that you all know all these Disney characters that I've watched growing up. <laughs> I have no clue who three quarters of those people were. He he made his way through the, the, the Disney Channel Nickelodeon uh, uh, ranks, did he? The fairy, the fairy, the Ferris wheel of Disney characters yeah, around exactly. there. Joe Jonas. Yeah, yeah but the warehouse, uh, we especially this new year, this new holiday season, we're doing a sale, like I said, for MLK Day. And A lot of people with stimulus checks and tax returns coming in, we want to especially tailor to our customers, and we want to give them the option and give them the opportunity to take advantage of these deals. We do financing through two main options. One, if you have good approved credit, you can do it through Citibank. And I'm saying one year, absolutely no interest. Wow. Same as cash for one whole year. Uh, Citibank, it's a simple application. It's just at checkout. You apply, you get a card, and then you pay it off in one year. If your credit is a little beat up or you've had problems, you have another option through SNAP Financing. Local Utah company that's now gone international, uh, they they don't check your credit score. 100 days, same as cash, same as the ticket that it says on the receipt. So if you've been thinking, oh, man, I'd really love an adjustable bed, but, you know, I probably can't swing it financially, not the case. That's not the case. You come in, you get approved, we'll help you out. Spread those payments, spread it out over an entire year, man. That's helpful. Once again, you got to mention the zone. You get a free mattress protector. You can pick the best mattress you want, 60-day comfort exchange. Amazing. All right, 1825 South, 300 West, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Thanks, Christopher. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.